readers, listeners, and viewers to Prime Time Edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Free agency has officially kicked off. I mean, it kind of kicked off on Monday. But that was the tampering period. This is when you can actually sign the contracts. This is when the ink hits the paper. This is when the deals are officially done. And that man right there, well, he's going to be a Buccaneer. Not quite yet. He's on a cruise. He's got to pass the physical first. We're talking about Shaq Mason, the right guard the Bucs are trading for. The New England Patriots uh, guard is going to be reunited with Tom Brady. A very familiar. He's on a fan. cruise. He's on a cruise. He's on a cruise. Wow. He's on a cruise. Yeah. I missed that news. Speaking of familiar faces, I'm Scott Reynolds of Peter Report. That is John Ledyard. Actually, that's John Ledyard right there. There you go. Of Peter Report, and we're happy that you've joined us tonight for a primetime edition of the Peter Report podcast, sponsored by our friends at Celsius. Of course, we'll get to them in just a minute. But John, uh, a busy day today. Uh, not a whole yeah. bunch of news because. The tampering period allows the news to kind of come out first before these deals become official. But we did have an interesting signing today on the heels of the Buccaneers making a play for Russell Gage to be their number three wide receiver, stealing him from division rival Atlanta. The Buccaneers bolstered their wide receiving core yet again today. Yeah, for sure. And bring him back for Shad Perryman. One year deal, Scott. I don't think we have like official numbers on that yet. Um, it's going to be cheap. Nobody wanted him last year. Right. Um, it's going to be a cheap deal, but just to compete for the wide receiver four spot. I mean, that's exactly what you want. You want speed on the outside. You want to get somebody who can play the Z, who can move inside, be versatile. You know, I don't think he's even guaranteed a roster spot, to be honest with you. I don't think he's guaranteed right. the number four receiver job, but I think he he's done, played his best football in Tampa Bay. He's played his best football in this offense. And so, why not for what it is to be cheap? Now, if he were the number three guy and they were just like, you know what, we'll resign him cheap and we'll go with him as our number three guy, I'd have big concerns. But as yeah. somebody to compete for the fourth spot with a whole offseason back in the offense, he flashed enough that I'm okay with that. What was important to me was that they showed that they needed to upgrade the number three spot with the yeah. signing of Russell Gage. That showed that they were aware that Perriman can't be more than what he is or probably won't be more than what he is but worth bringing him into the fold to see if he can at least be a splash play guy for them. Exactly. And the interesting thing with Russell Gage is, is the, the contract became official today for Carlton Davis. The Bucks signed him to a, a three-year deal worth $15 million per season. And it was good to see Carlton today. He was very happy and excited. Of course, he's a heck of a lot richer today and well-deserved after putting he's, in. He was years. happy and excited, Scott, but you can never really tell with him. He pretty much speaks in the same tone of voice every single time that he talks he's just very calm and john is just kind of like things this. where i'm really excited and happy to be back didn't want i, to always, be I always always wanted to be in tampa my just family's to be here. here that's right he's just very calm dude he's a very chill guy yeah. uh no, never really see him too worked up so uh but yeah. he was happy yeah, and it was cool he he kind of just said straight up i don't know how many players have said scott in the time that you've been covering the box just kind of like straight up like yeah state income tax was a big reason why i came back to tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was it's, funny. it's really the Bucks' hidden weapon, uh, John. And, and there, there's, there's a couple other states, right? Nevada's one of those that doesn't have state income tax. That benefits the Raiders now. Boy, what a change it is for the Raiders going from one of the highest, maybe even the highest taxed state in California, in Oakland. You know, Now you're, you're the Raiders franchise in Las Vegas, and you can compete with the likes of Tampa Bay and 
Tennessee and other states that don't have state income tax, like the Titans benefit from that as well, I believe. So that, that that's certainly something that that has been a factor. It's one of the things that that Mike Greenberg, Jason Light, Jackie Davidson use when they're talking to agents. And that's exactly why you saw Ryan Jensen, the Bucks center, stick around for $13 million. Now, he wanted to be the highest paid center in the league. And guess what? He is. Not on overthecap.com. If you go there and look, it's still Frank Ragnow making right. $13.5 million. Well, right? I guess it's Kelsey now. Kelsey got the 14. Yeah, that's true. Just for, one, just for one year. Yeah, but Kelsey's playing in Philadelphia. So the Pennsylvania ah, state yeah. taxes, right, and the state yeah, taxes 3%. that Frank Ragnow pays up there in Michigan, which are pretty high, um, there's a difference. I think right. when it all breaks down the take-home pay for Ryan Jensen with, with Florida having zero state income tax, he actually is going to pocket more money at $13 million than Kelsey will at 14 and Frank Ragnow will at 13 and a half. Right. It's a great secret weapon. But anyways, it, I was talking to Carlton Davis today and I asked him about Russell Gage and John, I knew you want to talk about him. We had Matt Matera on the podcast yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on Russell Gage. He said that, listen, this is a guy that has, uh, that has made a lot of DBs look silly. I think one of those guys was Sean Murphy Bunting last year when when Russell Gage went off uh, for 130 yards, I think, on 10 or 11 catches in Atlanta. And this guy's route running ability is really what separates him, according to Carlton Davis. Yeah, and it's clear on tape, too. You know, he's clearly a good uh, route runner. And I think um, that that's going to be one of the most important things, probably one of the things that attracted Brady the most to him is that his ability to create separation, Matt Harmon, who does reception perception, um, he kind of charts all the routes that they run during the season. And he had uh, Russell Gage with a really great percentage in terms of his separation from man coverage. I think he was in the 70 percentile uh, yeah. in terms of separation from man coverage. So he really can get off coverage well. And that's something that Tyler Johnson struggled to do all year last year. Yes. And, Ty- and uh, Scotty Miller on the outside at times as well. They really wanted somebody who could beat man coverage. It didn't, I guess, matter to them as much whether he was a, you know, he's been in the slot more of his career. Is Godwin going to play outside more moving forward? Not totally sure. We'll have to see yeah. how that one kind of shakes out. But John, Gage played John, outside more than some, he played inside. We've last got some year. breaking news. We have a picture of Tyler Johnson wide open right here that we're putting <laughs> up on the screen. It's a rare sighting. You had me pulling up Twitter real quick yeah. <laughs> to see if there was actually breaking news. But no, I, yeah, Tyler Johnson, this didn't happen very often, obviously. Correct. And so. They want somebody who basically can create that separation in space more often. You know, what Gage does really well that's underrated, he didn't get a chance to go vertical, but he's a 4-4 speed guy, 39-inch vertical. He can go up and get the football. When he was given opportunities to do that, he did, and he can separate down the field because he has speed and good route running. Those are kind of like things that you really need, and he has those things. They just didn't really use him. They used him inside early on because they had Julio and Calvin Ridley outside. Then as those guys kind of phased out, last year he was outside more, but the offense just wasn't very vertical in anything that they did. So because of that, he has kind of been in this possession receiver role, whether he, you know, it's the percent. He had more contested catch opportunities last year, Mm -hmm. downfield catch opportunities last year, and he improved dramatically in those spots, Scott. I mean, he had 58% contested catch rate last year. He caught 58% of those contested catch opportunities per PFF. Those are great numbers, especially for a guy who's not necessarily the biggest six foot one ninety. So he's right. not like a real big dude. He's big enough, but he's not yeah. a real big guy. But again, just the ball skills and the hands, you know, for a guy that caught 26 passes and was raw coming out of college, 
His game is almost the opposite. 26. Now. He's at 26 and, and in Almost college. all of those came in his final year at LSU. Yes, 21 at his final year at LSU. Just a total – he was a special teamer. He was tough. He blocked like crazy, hit hard on special teams, yeah. tackled. He got drafted in the sixth round because of that and speed, and teams just prayed that he'd become something to wide out. And he didn't even become like a raw project. He became a legitimate technician at wide receiver in just four years, still 26 years old. I do think his best football can be ahead of him because I think he has the traits to – be better than even what he showed in Atlanta. But when he had opportunities yeah. in Atlanta, he really did make them count. I know they were very impressed. His growth year to year really impressed everybody there. Yeah, I agree. It, it, what he reminds me of when I went back and watched some some highlight reels from him today, he reminds me of, of a better version, and I'm kind of dating myself here, but a better version of Carl the Truth Williams when he played back in the 90s under Tony Dungy was, was really a punt returner extraordinaire the best punt returner in Bucks history, but he also got a role on third down. Matter of fact, there were billboards around town when he got an Adidas deal, John. It was called Third and Williams. That's that's what it was because he was so reliable. Now, he didn't do a whole bunch after the catch, but route running, he could run the routes. If you needed seven, he would get you seven, right, on third downs. And and I think that that you look at Russell Gage, he's more dynamic than Carl Williams as a receiver, He's got back-to-back seasons of 700 yards. Kind of reminds me of like a little bit bigger version of Bert Emanuel. And I know that name might might scare some Buccaneer fans, but really not the Bert Emanuel from Tampa Bay that had Trent Dilfer and Sean King throwing the ball, but Bert Emanuel from Atlanta, the guy that the Buccaneers hoped would be a really prized guy. And I think Bert Emanuel was not a number one like the Bucs signed him to be. He was kind of that number three guy, really, in terms of, of his talent. And I just think Russell Gage is a really solid guy. I think what you could see, the ceiling for him in Tampa Bay would be exactly what Antonio Brown produced on the road in Carolina when he caught uh, something like 10 catches for 111 yards, picked up a bunch of first downs, was reliable on third down, and just a chain mover. And, and that was a really good game for A.B., one of his best games. It wasn't that dynamic, but it was exactly what the Buccaneers needed to – get into scoring uh, range to move the chains, to keep drives moving. And if that's the player that uh, that Russell Gage can be, and I'm with you, John, I think that there's a little bit more in the tank with Brady's arm. Uh, look, John, listen, yeah. Matt Ryan's arm is not what it was, so much so that they had to have Russell Gage come in and throw a touchdown pass last year. Right. Yeah, It's uh, it's his arm's never been great. He's kind of always yeah. succeeded despite not having a great arm. So, yeah, I agree that it's – in terms of vertical ability, and plus the offense is just not, I mean, that's Arthur Smith. Like it just doesn't have a really vertical offense right. uh, more than anything, but Leo with a couple super chats here, we're yes. getting rid of scared Darden. Please say yes. <laughs> I really don't, I don't expect it to be honest. I think people are really confused about the Bucks wide receiver room right now, Scott. I think the top three guys are locks. I don't even know if Perriman's a lock yet. Let's see the money's deal, right. all those kind of things. I think he's likely to make, but let's see what happens in camp. Yeah. All of those kind of things first. Anybody who is thinking that Scotty Miller is a lock to make this roster is just naive. I mean, he barely played yeah. last year. Like Five he could catches, not get on the field despite tons of injuries. Yeah. And they still didn't want to play him. They don't want to play. They were playing Darden over him and something. Like right. they just did not want to put Scotty Miller on the field. It's clear. It doesn't matter what you and I and the fans think of it. We're just talking about right. reality. Yeah. The reality is that this coaching staff is they'll give him an opportunity if he's in yeah. camp, but I don't think he's going to make this roster next you know year. And I don't know if Tyler Johnson is going to either. John, it wasn't just the coaching staff that didn't give Scotty Miller a chance. I went on Pro Football Focus. Scotty Miller was on the, the field for 104 pass plays. 
He yeah. caught five passes. Okay. So it's not just the coaches, it's Tom Brady. And everyone wants yeah. to to go back and wax nostalgic and, and romanticize the touchdown catch against Green Bay. And it was one of the biggest plays in Bucks history. He has that going for him. I get that. But this is the NFL. This is what have you done for me lately, league, right? And right. you're only as good as your last play, just like kickers are only as good as their last kick. And I, I think that that it wasn't just the coaching staff. It was that they the times that he was out there, Brady didn't throw him the ball. And maybe it was because he couldn't get open. Maybe it was because Brady couldn't find him, whatever it was. But five catches for 38 yards is kind of damning. Yeah. I think they're going to draft a receiver at some point, And that yeah. receiver probably is an inside shot to make the roster. And then I would say the last two spots, because I think they'll keep six, are probably going to be between Perryman, Johnson, Miller, Darden, and Grayson to fight it out. And, you yeah. know, Grayson can end up on the practice squad again. I don't think anybody's going to be nabbing him. So maybe they keep him around that way. But I would guess right now it's Perryman and Darden because of Darden's returnability and yeah. inability, in our opinion. But uh, they're going to give him another crack at this thing, you know, and really you can't gauge that too much typically. And right. maybe a little bit in preseason games, but not, not a whole lot. So, They'll gauge all that and we'll see, but I think it'll end up being those top three or rookie Perryman and Darden would be my guess right now. If I had to guess, I think that I just don't see any, what's the compelling reason to keep Tyler Johnson as a fifth round pick who got ample opportunity last year, can't yeah. play special teams and prove that he, he wasn't a factor last year, despite right. he can play inside outside. He had ample opportunity to yeah. play. He played more snaps than Antonio Brown. He just didn't do anything. So that's right. He didn't catch a touchdown. Didn't have and, over and, 70 yards in a game, I don't think. There's nothing. You're right. And, and the thing is, is contrast that to what Brashad Perryman did for the Buccaneers in 2019 with three straight 100-yard games to end that season. Yeah. And that that allowed him to come back last year. And the touchdown catch, the walk-off touchdown against Buffalo, he had a great catch um, along the sidelines in another game down the stretch. Got a picture of it right and there. The, the, yep. You know. and the Jets, the Jets game. He had the, the deep crosser right after yep. as AB as AB was going crazy. Like that's right, right. right during that time. So I mean, yeah, he he honestly, He's, for as much as we ragged on Perryman early on, he made he a couple plays. There's nothing Stick consistent. Around. Yeah. But again, you know how consistent you have to be if you've got Gronk, Evans, Gage, and you know, and 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 Godwin back on right. the field in the fold and on the field. You know, you just have to be able to make splash plays when the ball comes your way. And that's for right. the most part, he did that down the stretch. So I wouldn't want him as the three. But competing for the four, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm okay with that. Now, I hope yeah. they keep going at it. I'd love to see him draft somebody. I don't think you can have enough wideouts on a team and an offense yes. like the Bucs. It's like yeah, that and quarterback positions you got to be good at. You got to have four. We talked about that on the show yesterday. It, it bears repeating because in 2019, this team lost its top three wide receivers. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller at the time. Those three were hamstrung with hamstring injuries placed on IR. That's where Brashad Perriman and Justin Watson and, and a bunch of nobodies had to come through and try to help the Bucks make the playoffs. They did not. They finished seven and nine that year. But then it happened again last year, John. You lost uh, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin to an injury and and uh, you know a, a fit of craziness. So it was Mike Evans and, and also Cyril Grayson kind of stepped on the scene and had a great game against Carolina, great game against the Jets with a game winner, but then he gets hurt with a hamstring injury. And it's basically at that point in time, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Tyler Johnson, they didn't have enough weapons. You need four really good wide receivers, guys that that uh, that can come in. And and as John said, when the ball's thrown your way, if you're the number four guy, you got to make those plays. you got to have the walk-off touchdown. You've got to have the sideline catch. You, you've got to make some daring plays because you're not going to get as many opportunities as Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. 
but yeah, they I'm, need four because there's mm-hmm. going to be an injury or, or two to, to Evans or Godwin. It, it kind of happens. It's football, right. 17 games now. Got to have yep. the depth. You got to have the depth. Absolutely. Leo with the $5 super chat. We appreciate it. As always, Leo just funding yes. the Pewter Report podcast. And we appreciate it, Leo. <laughs> yes. The new box contracts are three years. Do you think this is sign Brady's going to play for two more years? Also telling Gage they're building something special. I, I don't think that. I don't think it's any indication Brady's, you know, length of time. Although I don't think Brady's guaranteed to retire after this year right. either. We're going to just have just to a see year by year thing, goes. right? Right, it's a year by year thing. It really is right now, and he's definitely not going to make any commitments. What I think is you're seeing uh, younger players want three year deals because they know the TV deals over the next two years are going to make the cap skyrocket, and they want to yes. get back on the market before they're too old. So Carlton well Davis said. will be back on the market by what he's 28, I think, and then Russell yep. Gage will be 29. So they're going to have an opportunity to get back on the market for a lot of these guys. Um, you know, Shaq Mason, obviously he's just, they're just inheriting his two year yeah. with left of the two years of his contract, but that's a signing I haven't even talked about yet. Scott, yeah. I want to talk about that later in the show, but first we appreciate everybody who jumped in here and watching the show right now. If you could hit the like button, give us a thumbs up right now. It helps boost our YouTube SEO spreads us around. More people can find us. Uh, you've helped the Peter report podcast grow immensely. You can subscribe as well. If you haven't done that, because Hundreds of people have done that in the last couple of days. Scott's right. free agency. It's been awesome. We're closing in on 8,000. How close are we, Scott? We're very We're close. over 7,600 right now. Okay. We want to get so, to 8,000 by the draft. So we yeah. got a little over a month to, to make that happen. Please help us. If yeah. you're watching this live, if you're watching the podcast version of it, please go to Peter Reports TV. That's our YouTube page. And hit subscribe. It's free. It's easy. Doesn't cost you a damn thing. Yeah. And it helps boost our numbers when, when you do the likes as well for our videos, as yep. John said, it helps put our podcasts, our videos in front of more Buccaneer fans. So that's right. always a good thing. Yep. And click that button, uh, the bell too, that gives you the notifications for when we go live. So when we yep. change up the times like today for free agency, we'll go prime time. Sometimes draft week, you know, we, we have a draft show that will be happening obviously, but there'll be times where we go prime time too. Um, just to, if there's an event or something yeah. like that, we do and that a lot. One other thing before we get to a very uh, important sponsor is you can help sponsor us, right? If you like our content, if you love what you're hearing and, and seeing on the Peter Report podcast, we do these about four times a week in the off season, usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Sometimes we have an emergency podcast, John. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes Tom Brady mm-hmm. says, you know what? I'm not done. It's Sunday. And you guys uh, rallied and, and had a, an amazing podcast, over 16,000 views just on YouTube alone on Sunday. But if you like the content on pewterreport.com, John's Bucks Briefing, Scott's SR's Fab Five, if you like the mock draft that's going to come out again next week, plus all of our great content and, and breaking news coverage, become a donor for Pewter Report. You can help us by going to pewterreport.com backslash donation for as little as $3 a month, $3, $5, $9 a month. You can become a regular month, monthly donor. If you want to make a one-time donation for as little as $10, you can do that. So we appreciate the super chats. We also appreciate your support on pewterreport.com backslash donation. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. And of course, today's podcast, as all of our podcasts are, are sponsored by Celsius, our friends over at Celsius Energy Drink. Scott, Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I've got the Spark, the Celsius Live Fit Blue Raz. First time I've ever had it before. What do you think? Really enjoy it. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Blue Raz. 
I know you are all about what is it the orange pomegranate? The orange pomegranate yeah. is a top five flavor for me. I'm not going to tell you wow. which one it knocked out because I don't want to hurt Celsius's feelings. But <laughs> we have a new inside the top five, and actually, it's I'm going to say it's it's number two right now for me. I'll, I'll alternate between orange, which I've only had one of these today. I had two yesterday. I was up till one o'clock in the morning last night. These things work so damn good. I had the morning one to get me through the afternoon. I had. Another one to get me through the evening. Uh, great taste from Celsius. That that's the key, John. Is these things, these little fruit things that they have on the front there. It tastes just like what you see on the can, yeah, whether it's, it's cola, it really or whether does. it's the fruit flavors. Yep, it's tremendous. I've got blueberries and raspberries in this one, and that's what it tastes like. The flavors are unbelievable. I honestly don't know how they do. You can see there's a bunch of there's a huge variety of flavors. No energy, or, or sorry, lots of energy. No sugar in Celsius energy drinks. It's crazy. Yeah. There's no crash in them that you get when you have other energy drinks. Um, it's, it really is kind of like they figured out a cheat code. And so I really would encourage you to check out all these different flavors. You can do that by going to Celsius.com, use that store locator, find out where they sell them near you, or you can also do the Amazon subscribe and save option as well. And I would be very remiss if I didn't mention the fast protein bars, yes, by sir. Celsius, white chocolate cookies and cream and the caramel peanut crunch. Click the link in the YouTube description below. It'll take an Amazon. You can use this promo code 20 hold fast. You save 20% on Amazon when you order these. They are the best tasting protein bars. I am a protein bar expert. They are the best tasting protein bars I have ever had. No question about it. In fact, I'm out of them again. And <laughs> Britt found one the other day and I was like, I ate it immediately. Like I, I ate it. <laughs> it tastes it like candy bars, folks. I mean, I'm just being I, real. They they yeah. really they do not taste like those sawdust uh, you know, things that yeah. you that you find at, at other right. health fitness stores. They taste right. great. Yeah. 20 uh hold vast yeah that's a great uh promo code there for them jonathan stone with the ten dollar super chat what's the timetable for werfs and godwin to return does bucks brass expect either of them to be ready week one yes they expect both of them to be ready week one i'll let you yeah. talk more about godwin in a second scott but tristan werfs did not have surgery jason like told us at the combine pew report did a story about it i just asked him kind of straight up if, if he ended up having surgery and he said no he didn't so tristan werfs recovery is just going to be like a normal recovery there's no reason to assume that he's not going to be ready for mini camp or no OTAs, let alone he'll be fine yeah. for training camp, as Jason said. So no long-term concern there for sure. Jason even said if the playoffs would have kept going, he thinks Werfs could have played again, probably indicating if they would have made it to the Super Bowl. But yeah. um, that's what he his thought process was. So I, I don't think there's any concern with Werfs. And Godwin, even though it's still not 100% because he's just not far enough in his recovery to be able to say things definitively, the fact that he had no meniscus damage from that's what huge. I read at times of the injury, that's yes. a big right, Scott, because that, that means is. it was very clean where Michael Gallup's, for example, was a much more difficult surgery from what I've heard. Right. Like it is, but get, Godwin's was a very clean situation, and so that'll help the recovery go faster from what I was told. Exactly. And the great thing with Godwin is he knows this offense, right? He's been at it since 2019. He's got it mastered. He's a very cerebral player. He can take the mental reps. And, and if anything, uh, if, if it's a situation where they ease him back into the, the preseason, right, where he – you know, he may miss a game or two, and I'm just speculating here because we're still, what, you know, about half a year away from, from that. Um, it, it, to me, it's a situation where if Chris Godwin doesn't play until maybe the last preseason game in the last week or two of camp, I'm fine with that. Let's have a battle royale. That's the term I like to use with the wide receivers, right? We know what we have in Chris Godwin. We know what we have in Mike Evans. We've seen these guys perform. But with Godwin, it's just about making sure he is healthy and, and not having any type of setbacks. And, and so I think you're going to see Chris miss the entire 
off-season workouts. I don't expect him for the OTAs. I think, if anything, he you might have a shot at training camp. But that that would be, I think, probably the, the best-case scenario. And, again, listen, same wide receivers coach, same coordinator, same quarterback, thankfully, with Tom right. Brady. It's just one of those things that uh, – Yep. that uh, that, that I, I feel pretty confident about it, and the team does too. Right, no, for sure. And I, I'm not concerned about the Chris Godwin situation at all right now. It seems like everything in his recovery is going well and that he should be on pace, and hopefully it's a thing where he's able to get out there for training camp, but they'll ease him back in through training camp, and I think he'll be ready to go week one. So no indication that there'll be any uh, missed time there for him. We'll just have to yep. kind of wait and see as that progression uh, keeps going. Yeah. Leo brings up a good point here with the $2 right. super chat. We lost OJ Howard. The Bucks lost OJ Howard. Oh, well, dude was a ghost last season. Yeah. The OJ Howard thing is really unfortunate, Scott, you know, it just reflect back on his career briefly. First of all, awesome dude. Um, yeah. Just very, I always, when a player spends a lot of his career in their first round pick and they're disappointing and they get a lot of, not that Tampa Bay media is not very tough on players, I don't yeah. think, compared to other places. But he got criticism by the fan base. Some people, you know, there were people that called him soft and things like that early on, I think. And there were injuries that he struggled with. He struggled to pick up Bruce Aaron's offense at first, and then he picked it up. And did, well, then he got hurt, and then he picked it up and did well at the end of the year. And then he yeah. looked good to start 2020, and then the injury again. But no matter what happened, he always fit. He came to the media. Yes. He came with a great attitude. With a great mindset, he answered every question. He was reflective. He was hard on himself. He gave criticism where it was due. He didn't shy away from any question about mm -hmm. disappointment or anything like that for being a first-round pick. Um, and I, I appreciate that on players because I don't think any player does it. I understand why some don't, but I really appreciate that yeah. about him. It just didn't. It just wasn't happening on the field. And this past year, honestly, Scott, he didn't really look like he belonged on an NFL field yet this past year. You know, yeah. even though he was physically cleared to play, I think it was the, the athleticism and the confidence. Yeah, it just you wasn't. Know? Even the way he moved, it was just so tense. Everything was just, right. it didn't look right all year. Yeah. And, and you know, the, if there is a concern with Chris Godwin, and each injury and each player is completely different. So I, I'm just throwing the OJ example out there. I'm not trying to be a, a doomsdayer whatsoever, but I'm just telling you. Because I've seen it before in, in my 20-plus years of covering this team. Players can come back past the physical and, and be literally physically 100% in terms of, of what they can do on the field. But what they do on the field and what you're accustomed to seeing them do on the field, sometimes that doesn't fully happen until the next year. Sometimes your first mm -hmm. year back from a devastating knee injury, at Achilles, whatever, shoulder injury, it, it yep. will it will take it will take a, a year what we call the, the comeback year right you yeah. came back his from the injury major, yeah major yeah. injury too so right. maybe it works out in buffalo he'll have a he'll have a player too that yeah but and and then and then after that year after you went through a whole year mentally you say okay nothing nothing bad happens i'm just going to give it a go and, and i played a full season and and then you go from your comeback year to your I'm back here. I'm back to where I was before the injury. And I hope that happens to OJ. Sometimes you just need a fresh start. I think he's one of those guys. I think Ronald Jones is another player that needs a fresh start elsewhere with another staff. Right. I think so, too. It's good for him to have that start. Certainly a good offense. I mean, good spot to be in. And he's never going to get focused on in Buffalo. If he gets out there, will be the number two tight end or at best. Yeah maybe lower than that, depending on what else they do in free agency. But obviously Dawson Knox is the clear number one guy. You know, the Bills had some bigger business today too. They signed Von Miller, obviously, to a massive contract. Now that contract is obviously some funny numbers in that contract, 60-year contract for a 
guy who's going to be 33 years old in 10 days would be right. unquestionably stupid. It'll be like a two to three year thing. Basically the rest of the money is just, Hey, if you're still, he's you know, 33, butt, right? He'll be 33 in yeah. 10 days. Yeah. So if you, if you're still kicking by at 36 for whatever, like reason, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. we keep you, on, you. On, on the roster, Yeah, but you know, more than likely it's going to be a two to three year thing for Buffalo. And uh, it's good. It's good. It's a, it's a good strategy by the bills because yeah. look, the AFC is just absolutely insane right now, Scott. I mean, right. I've never seen anything like it. Every That's just team the AFC. in the AFC, like AFC it's West. <laughs> the AFC West is nuts. Yes, absolutely. Three teams that look like they're totally loaded up. Then you see, I mean, the Titans are going to be, you know, probably the, the top dog in the South. But the East is loaded. The Ravens have made some great signings: Zedaria Smith and Marcus Williams, trying to get that defense back on point. Yep. The Steelers have made some moves. They don't have a quarterback, so they won't be a factor really. But, but they just signed a quarterback, John, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit more than that, Scott, I think, in a conference with some of the quarterbacks that are over there. But the Bills, the Patriots will be, you know, obviously tough. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals, obviously the Ravens. The Browns, if they got Watson, would make that whole thing just completely out of control. I think he's going to go. Yeah. He's got, I think he's going to go. He's to the, I think he's going to go to the Saints. Actually, yeah. so, you know, we can talk about that when that yeah. time comes. It might come tonight. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is this is great news for the Bucks that Vaughn is out, and not just because he killed them, obviously, when they played him in the playoffs, but right. it just really hurts the Rams. Like, and the Rams are one of the only you know two or three teams you might have to worry about. And the and the Cowboys lost out on all the edge rushers. They wanted Randy Gregory. They wanted yep. Vaughn Miller. They wanted Chandler Jones. They didn't get any of them, and so. Yep. Big strikeouts for them. The Packers obviously parted ways. Smith uh, opted to make Preston Smith their guy, who is, in my opinion, you know, worst players. And Aaron Smith was not, yeah. yeah, he was not happy with his situation in Green Bay last year, and so that was just right. kind of a friction relationship that ran its course. Anyway, I just say all that to say that the, the NFC is so much worse than the AFC this year, That's right? And the Bucks' regular season schedule will be tough for sure, but. I do think that uh, the, the reason why is, is because they're playing the Bengals. They're playing the Chiefs. They're playing the Ravens. It's, it's not just the fact they're playing like, you know, the the, uh, the 49ers and the Packers and the Rams. That's bad enough. But then you're playing those top AFC contenders as well. So Scott Federico with a with a great question here. And this is an important point. We've, we've had a ton of great comments and questions. Can't get to them all. If you, if you want to make sure that your, your question or comment is posted, super chat us. But when we have huge chats like this, it's tough to get everybody up there. This is a good one. The Bucks policy of freeing up money only as needed is maddening when trying to follow what is going on. I find it painful as a fan. Okay. I can address it is kind that. of maddening. It's funny. Yeah, it is. I, I can address this, though, because um, th- the sun will come up tomorrow. Okay, like that's a given. It will. Now, it might be cloudy. You might you might have the sun rays come in your face, but wherever you are at what, 6, 6.37, whatever time it is, it's going to come up. And the reason I say it is the Buccaneers are always going to be cap compliant. At 4 o'clock, they were cap compliant today. All throughout free agency, they must be cap compliant. They must be under, I should say, at or under the salary cap. And Mike Greenberg is the best in the business at making sure that happens. At the same time, Mike Greenberg, and this is very important for you guys to understand this, he is not a, we're going to make all these moves. We're going to do, you know, five restructures and cut four players and do pay cuts for this guy. We're going to free up $30 million and go on a spending spree. He is a cut as you go, restructure as needed kind of guy. And he always kind of plays it close to the vest. And that's just the Buck style. That's how he and Jason Light want to do this. That's how they feel most comfortable about it. It helps everything with their budgeting to 
their cash flow and just everything. So don't panic. Don't freak out. Don't get mad about it because this is just the way they, they operate. And if, if there is a move to be made, there will be a corresponding move to make that happen. I think up next, you're going to see Mike Evans and you're going to see Tom Brady uh, have their What's going to happen with Mike done. Evans? Any idea, Scott? I mean, I know I we've believe he's going to get a couple of years added to his deal. I think that will be a that would be huge. I mean, that that's... will be an extension. Whereas today, when they went to Shaq Barrett to free up some money, that that was a restructure. And what that means is right. is that they they take some of of the player's base salary and they lower it. And you did the story, John. So I'm not sure exactly how much they. I think they saved what 11. Point Six million, was, something like that. It was about eleven point six, yeah, something like yeah. that. Between eleven point two and eleven point six, something like right. that. Right. Yeah. So th they freed up money there. So they, they took Shaq's part of his base salary this year, and they converted that into a signing bonus. And they spread that out over over the years of his contract. And sometimes they will add voidable years, what are what are called dummy years, just to help spread that out. But then if you do that, you're essentially guaranteeing that there will be a dead cap hit. At some point in time, now as the cap yeah. goes up, those future years can absorb those dead cap hits. You just don't want to do it too much because then, you know, two million here, five million here, eight million there. All of a sudden, that's fifteen million dollars that's going to come due, you know, in, in one fell swoop. But we saw Barrett get his deal restructured. We also saw Cam Brait, John, today. Mm. Wow. Taking take another pay cut essentially. Just uh, an yeah, just a Bucks legend. I don't know how else you can say it, Scott. Just incredible yeah. what this man's done. He is going to play out a six-year contract, yeah. which is unheard of for yeah. anybody to play out a six-year contract, really, to even get a six-year contract. Right. And what's unreal about Braid's situation is that for the last three years, the team has been able to get out of it with no hit. Like it's an obvious. Right cut in almost every other situation around the NFL. It's yeah. just a standard cut at that point. His production has dropped off for four straight years. Yards, yeah, I think four of the, the last, last five and certainly the last three years have been yeah, have been a it's, decline in production for sure. It's just it's wild, but and, he, and he's never been a great blocker. He's but right. he's great in the locker room. Everybody loves him and I get it. He's coming off the worst year of his career and he just two years, eight million and yep. I, you know, the, the, I'm sure next year is very little guarantee. I'm sure they just guaranteed this year, something like that. And then right. next year's not really that guaranteed. And the, maybe they'll just keep playing this game with him. I, I don't know at this point, like the guy has, he, he goes to Harvard. He's getting married this weekend. I think married on, this said. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's what, Skelly, his Griffin, who's his best friend, right? The yeah. Done the same thing with him. Seven year longest tenured box quarterback ever, despite never throwing a regular season pass. Like this dude is living a fairy tale. Actually, like, he his has. life isn't even real. Like, yeah, Ron Griffin he, has thrown a pass. I think he, he threw one, two. One regular season pass? Something I think like two. That. Yeah. Okay. I, it's maybe completed one of two. Either way, just <laughs> insane. I mean, he's again, Griffin, not even close to an NFL caliber player, but he stuck right. it out here. Again, great dude. Yeah. They like him. It's just amazing. Bright's whole story is amazing. You know, he's obviously sure once football's over, go on to do whatever he wants, probably yeah. retire <laughs> because he's yeah. made way more money than anybody ever thought that he would he's make. He's just a reliable red zone weapon. And and yeah. this, for quarterbacks, that's extremely valuable. Tom Brady, folks, has yet to throw a red zone interception since he's been in Tampa Bay. That's stunning. You thought that's like that. basically his career, too, though. Like, Brady's yeah. Yeah, yes, unbelievable. Yeah, anyway. but after after living through the Jameis Winston experience for all the years that we did, and seeing interceptions from anywhere on the field, 
to see Brady uh, not throw any interceptions down there. And, and, and he wants a guy like Brady to throw the ball because right. the, those guys, the Chris Godwins, the Mike Evans, the Rob Gronkowski's, they're, they're going to get the majority of the coverage. And he knows he's going to have a favorable matchup with, with, uh, with Cam Brady. Matter of fact, right. in Brady's first scrimmage at Raymond James Stadium, uh, he capped off like a 16-play drive, bucks on bucks, with yeah. a touchdown pass to Cam Brady. I mean, he just has a rapport with the guy. And you, you go back to uh, Scotty Miller's touchdown against Green Bay. Well, I'm telling you, right after Jordan Whitehead forced the fumble and Devin White recovered it, that touchdown catch right there by Cam Brady was as, as big as it gets. That gave yeah. the Buccaneers the cushion they needed because, remember, Brady threw three second-half interceptions at Green Bay. So Brady is two touchdowns away right. from passing now, Jimmy Giles and being the second leading receiver in terms of touchdowns, only behind Mike Evans. Yeah. Bray has 33, Giles has 34, Mike Evans 75. I, I have, again, this is a small signing. He's hopefully going to be tight end two or three. Um, but th- this just isn't a good like. I, I know people love Braid and they're gonna you know say whatever. But how how is it a good move? I mean, it's it's his productions drop for forever. People could say, I "Oh, think he's going to be picture. tight end three. I think they're going to go and draft the tight end. He was better in twenty twenty, Scott. But in twenty twenty one, I mean, fifty seven targets. That's not a small number of targets. It's not like he wasn't right. just being used. He was. He had tons of opportunity. He caught yeah. thirty passes. He had more drops than any year of his career. He averaged yeah. eight yards per catch, which is a career low for him. He caught 52.6% of his targets. That is by far his career low. Yeah. He looked lost. He wasn't good. He isn't a great blocker. He's Cam Brate. You got to bring know, him back. I know. He's I know. Him. I get killed in the chat. Everybody loves him. him. And I love back. him too. I think he's a great dude. Yeah. I love it for the locker room. It just, there's no way you can say his play on the field deserved him coming back. And hopefully he can still make some plays in the red zone. I'm not trying to like, I don't want to be the guy who always, I'm not saying anybody will do this at Peter report. Cause they don't, we don't do it here, but I don't want to care water for everything the organization does. This is a small signing. This yeah. is not a big deal at all. But I'm just saying, like, I, I hope he's a tight end three. I just they I draft hope the tight end, yeah. and then eventually Braid becomes tight end three. He becomes the the savvy, reliable veteran. If Gronk misses a game or two to injury, I hope he bounces you know? back. I mean, yeah. he could. It just there was he's, really no point last year, which he looked like himself. It'll be 31 he, in, in July. Exactly. July 3rd, like, so. and he and he, you know, there, it's not like he's. No, I mean, yeah, there's room, like he can drop off a little bit, and that's kind of it because he's not the most skilled dude. It's not like he can, right. he's not like Gronk where he can lose a little bit and still be a monster in some yes. way. Like it just, he didn't really look like he belonged last year. And, and the mental mistakes and drops were really frustrating too. He's one of the only guys that Brady's like actually like reamed out more than once on the field. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. twice, like over the last two years, I remember both games at one where he like actually like yelled at him um, for yeah. stuff on the field. That's not typically what Brady does. So it, it right. is interesting, obviously, in the red zone. You're right; like that is the one area where he has he did even last year he caught four touchdowns, which isn't a lot, but you know he is kind of reliable down in the, by the goal line, which which matters. But I just think you can find that with other player that hopefully gives you more as a blocker. Something else. I love Brady. I'm glad that he's back. I think he's a great dude. I, I I love him in that way. Like as a fan, I love him. Right. But as a as a as an analyst, like it's hard for me to look at this and say like, oh, this is good. Like it just ideally, I, don't, I haven't seen that. Yeah, ideally he's he's your your tight end three, you know, this year. Yeah, I think yeah. he, I think if they resign Gronk, which I think is coming, and and, and I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a Mike Evans contract extension coming up next. Brady probably this weekend they'll redo his deal, 
there's no there's no rush to do Gronk. Right? There's no rush to right. bring back Dominicus right. who they'll, they'll come back next week or whatever. People um, probably saw the Gronk video at this point. If not, go to PeterReport.com, check yeah. out the story. There's a video in there. Gronk in a barbershop telling the patrons in there, like, yeah, there's a strong possibility that I'm going yeah. back. I'm, he said, <laughs> I'm going to make Tom sweat it out a little bit. Yeah. About them. Well, well and, and Mike Greenberg. Feels like and, a foregone conclusion. Yeah, Mike Greenberg and Jason Light have got to redo Brady's deal first to get Gronk on board. So they got to yeah. find some money right, uh, right. to make that happen. So it speaking does, of money, John. like he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Stone with the $10 Super Chat, John. Yeah, Jonathan says, do you all think that the front office is comfortable with Shaq Barrett, uh, Joe Trinchuinka, and Anthony Nelson being our top three pass rushers if JPP doesn't re-sign cheap, or do they sign a vet free agent or draft one? Great pods, y'all. Appreciate this, Jonathan. People, I would just encourage everybody to be really patient with the pass rush situation. Yeah. Uh, maybe it happens in the next couple of days. One thing that is almost always true is that there are too many pass rushers. As these guys get older, yeah. like – Justin Houston's the JPPs once he's got, that was surgery. Mm -hmm. Like um, those guys kind of just sit on the market. We see Jadavian Clowney signed before the, before the right. season all the time. We've seen Houston sign before mm -hmm. the season, Melvin Ingram, and then he switched teams and you know, these guys sit around for a while and then they go and they make an impact in a situational yep. rusher role. There are going to be opportunities for the bucks to do that um, right. later on. Even if it isn't in free agency, even if it's after the draft, the bucks are one of the more active teams John, in that it, area. It might be right around the start of the season. That's Could when Clyde yeah. Campbell, you know, yeah. Akeem Hicks, like there's Jason tons of veterans, right? Now Jason Light's done here. it before. He picked up right. Jackie Smith off of the, the waiver wire. I love and that. yeah, be before his knee got hurt. Yeah. He was, he was a heck of a player. What a the speed Buccaneers. rusher. Oh my gosh. Big time. And that's also when they got Carl Nassib. From the yep. Cleveland Browns, who's another right name, got released season. today. Correct, and yeah. he could, I could see him coming back. You said when the, he was with the Bucks, they liked him, right? When is a yes. part of what they did. Yep. So that's a possibility. There are just a lot of names right out there, and there's not enough roster spots for those names because so that's many right. teams are getting younger. They don't have the space, and a lot of them are contenders, so they're not going to want to carry somebody right. like that on the. Then it, through the through the offseason, through the draft, teams see where the rosters at. They want to pick up the Melvin Ingrams, the Justin Houston's, these guys. Right. There's a bunch of them out there. The Bucks can get one of these guys and get some passers up. I'm not freaking out about it because it's not like they're missing a starter right. or something like that. I think it they need another thing. juice piece, but yeah, I think these thing. three are okay if they have right. to be these three. JTS, it just so much depends on him. But if he takes a leap, totally different unit. Like he can beat, you know, if he can beat quality guys in year two, it's, right. I mean, Shaq Barrett's going to have better matchups. Yeah, everybody, like, but. You know that's a big question mark right now, and I don't know how much the draft is going to help them find interior pass rush because there just are very few options in the draft that are interior right. pass rushers. So the, these are the the holes right now in the Bucks defense. We'll get to offense in a second, but since we're talking defense, let's stay there. There you see Shaq Barrett under contract, you know, big time player. Vitavea just got his big cash uh, reward. Joe Tronchoinka will uh, start this year. And and then you've got those holes right there that we believe in Dominica Sue. There's a chance he comes back. John and I both believe uh, wholeheartedly that Will Golston will come back. That's not a yes. that, that's not a, a pressing need because he wants to come back and the team wants him to come back. So that that's a deal you can do next week. Probably probably a two year deal is what I'm thinking. Maybe a three year deal, uh, four and a half five million dollars per season. I think that's that's fair for Will. That will allow him to retire as a Buccaneer. He's 30 years old, so. Those two moves right there, it's not like they're done. It's not like this is exactly where they want to be. These are just the starters, but you go down there, you've got Devin White, Levante David, Carlton Davis signed his deal. 
Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting are your corners right now. I, I would not be surprised if the right corner is there at the right value that they pick up another corner, given all of the injuries that they had, yeah. right, with with the cornerback position last year. So I would not be shocked at all, especially with Sean Murphy Bunting, John, and Jamel Dean being in a contract here this year. Why yeah. not get a guy in the hopper to add some depth to – even if he has to take a red shirt, even if Jim L. Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis, if they all stay healthy, which they haven't, but even if they do, at least you've got a guy that, that can be in the mix and be in the hopper to possibly replace one of those guys. And then, of course, right. Mike Edwards right now is the placeholder. There's a couple safeties in the draft you and I like, John, and then, of course, mm-hmm. Antoine. But your thoughts right now on the holes in the roster and some of these guys that you know, Mike Edwards might get some competition at, at strong safety. I think they need another. I think another edge guy would help. Now, Cam Gill progressed. Anthony Nelson progressed. I'm very encouraged by what I saw from those guys. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought that their sacks were not fake sacks. You know, no, I mean, a couple of Nelsons were maybe, but, you know, he also showed real skill in a lot of places he did not get sacked. So I, right. I was encouraged by both of those guys. So maybe they keep going. I, I don't know if I want to put all my eggs in that basket, but I'd like to get another veteran in the door. Again, like I said, there's a lot of options. JPP gets healthy. I'm not totally rolling them out. I'd probably rather go another direction. I just don't think JPP's ever been like a really skilled pass rusher. Um, You know, he's obviously very, he's in his prime. He was very athletic and had unreal freakish physical qualities with his length and stuff. But I don't think he's ever like somebody who like actually like skill wise is a great pass rusher. So I would like some of those guys who like technique, you know, Justin Houston, just like every year, like it's the same, like he can always get seven sacks, like, (laughs) you know, like those kind of guys are valuable. So I would like another signing like that later. It's going to be cheap. It's going to be to win a ring. Brady will track those kind of guys. I think that they can get one. I think it's going to happen. So somebody like that. And again, another one defense tackle, it's the same thing. They need probably another guy at both of those spots, but it does not have to be expensive. It does not have to be a big splash. It could be a draft pick for an interior guy. They want to get younger there, but let's say Sue and Golston are back. You've got Vea and Nacho as well, obviously. Right. Uh, am I forgetting somebody? Uh, no, am I forget who am I forgetting? Well, Steve Dave McClendon, if he, if he decides yeah, to come I back, that's, I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. You know, you've got Benning yeah. Potawahi who can play some three technique. He can play some defensive right. end. He's been a, a practice squad guy for a couple of years. He needs to get a little bit bigger. Right. So but he's a guy I think there's a spot there, even if Sue and Golston come back, right? Like, they're, yeah, know, clearly the top four there, but they would like to have five at least. And so a rookie's going to slot in there. So I, yeah. I think defensive line, that's what you'll see. Linebacker. They say they're encouraged by KJ Britt. We'll see. I have no faith. I have no desire to see KJ Britt as a defensive player. So I would like some With type you, of John, move there. Maybe right it's a now. rookie. Maybe it's a rookie. Like, but again, these are we're talking about low quality. Like we're talking about low tier signings. I don't think it'll be Minter. Could be though. But the real question I have to, is corner Scott. I don't know. Like, can we assume that Ross Cockrell just because he's under contract? Is there desirable CB4? It didn't really feel like they wanted to play him last year. Like he kind of got benched. They certainly it? didn't down the stretch, right? They played Mike yeah. Edwards in the slot once he came back from the suspension. I think you're going to see them try to add a veteran there too. Yeah. I mean, this is a very young defense. Like you, right. there's not a lot of experience. Vea, JTS takes over. Devin White, obviously, Devontae under contract year, the secondary. Yep. Carlton's the first of those guys to get a second contract. So still a pretty. It's still a young group experience. I mean, they've played a lot of snaps together, so there's cohesiveness. But I do think that a veteran corner makes it like, again, just cheap veterans to round out the roster. But the one position that might be up for grabs in terms of the starting lineup is strong safety. I just don't know how Edwards and Winfield fit field together unless you're willing to move Winfield's position more often. And I just don't know if they would trust Edwards as a post safety 
all the time. Right. You know, if they were, if Winfield were to take Whitehead spot. So yeah, that's the one I so, cannot see them being settled there. And I think that there may be a strong safety coming in the draft. Yeah, I agree. And, and the thing too, is, is speaking of, of defensive backs, we've had a couple of uh, super chats here. We want to thank William and, and also Leo um, for asking about the defense. And one of those players that Brady might be recruiting, John Tyron Matthew, right. Who got released from, the Chiefs or the Chiefs didn't resign him. I don't know if it was a cut or if he if it was just. Are there actual creative. reports of that? I'm sorry. I, I, are there actual reports of the time? There's not reports just, of it. Okay, I've just seen it, fans it just, talk about it, but fans have talked about it. So let's address it, right? I mean, yeah. The the Buccaneers had a chance to sign him a couple of years ago, and they passed. And Jason Light did all of the draft homework on Tyron Matthew, and Bruce Arians coached him, one of his favorite players he's ever coached. And yet they passed on Matthew at the time when he went from, I think, the Texans to the Chiefs. So they've passed on him before. Oh, and the Texans. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that, that's, totally that. you know, that's something that is yeah. he a better player now than he was? I don't know. I mean, Brady and him were certainly jawing in the Super Bowl two years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and he's a name player and he can make some splash plays, but how much how much is left in the tank there with him physically? Because he is a small guy, he does play hard, he does you know throw his body around and take a pounding. So I'm just not sure that that's a fit. I think I think that, that they're looking for a value guy. And John, I think you're right. There's some safeties in the draft. Maybe one of those will be, you know, in, in the 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 Pewter Report mock draft next week. You gotta find out who we like. But um, I think they yeah. want a guy in a rookie contract year because Mike Edwards is is in a contract year along with Jamel Dean and, and Sean Murphy Bunting. I mean, if you can get Tyron Matthew, you get Tyron Matthew. Like he, to me, Scott is just one of those guys that, yeah, I mean, he might not be what he was in his prime, but he doesn't have to be. He's not right. This isn't going to anchor your secondary. Like he's going to be your slot. He's going to blitz. He's going to. He's a great run defender. He's terrific around the line of scrimmage. I mean, again, in terms of mentality, the way this group plays, like those guys, yeah. it's like Sherm stepped in, but with with steel wheels. I mean, tw he's twenty nine. He's right. had some injuries in his career, but, but he's, it's not like he's Sherm I mean, where he can't play. Anymore right, like he's a playmaker. He's again, if you were going to yeah. leave him single high free safety all game and just ask him, you know, you cover sideline to sideline, right. yeah, like that's not going to go well. But they wouldn't have to do but that. In the he slot, play strong. Story. He can play in the slot. He can match up. Like it's not like you would have to ask him to do everything. Kansas city needed him to be their savior and he just couldn't do it this past year. Like right. couldn't keep Daniel Sorensen being Daniel Sorensen. So like, yeah, right. you want to blame him and, you know, say he had a bad season because of that. But I, I, I don't think he's an elite player anymore. And I, and the price tag should reflect that, which is probably will, which is why he hasn't been signed yet. But yeah. Yeah. I, but I do, I expect the bucks to get him. No, I do not. Scott. I, I think that'd be yeah. again, like he's probably going to be more than they want to spend uh, on the, on the spot. And, I'm right. just not convinced they care about the slot. I, I, I haven't seen any, we haven't seen any evidence of it. We, we, and I talk about this. We've talked about this almost every week, yeah. Scott texting to each other. Like, <laughs> will they draft like somebody like Daxton Hill who for Michigan yeah. who played in the slot? Like, or do they just like, don't care? Like whether it's a slot specific guy or not. I mean, they played Edwards there, Cockrell there. They had to see Winfield like, there. Dime packages, so, yeah. Winfield there, obviously SMB. I just have no idea if they care about finding a guy who can just be like, well, you're a slot guy, like period. Like that's right. it. And, I don't know if they care about that, and that makes it hard to predict what they'll look for in those types of players. Unfortunately, Rondé Barber is still retired, so Rondé is no longer an option. <laughs> He's the best that would be ever. Incredible. Yep. If you could take exactly. him, put him on this defense, that would be incredible, yep. no question. I know well, you want to talk about the offensive holes for yeah, sure. Let's do it. I just wanted to mention real quick, somebody asked about Julio Jones. 
Yep. I do think he's cooked. I, 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 yeah. you know, it's all like, I don't like Julio. Obviously everybody does. He's probably is going to be very cheap if he decides to keep playing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just want a physical on him, but he's 33 and it just yeah. might be the end. I mean, AJ Green's still out there kicking, but I don't want him. I don't want him on the right. team. Like for sure. And, and it's hard with a guy is- like Julio. He's been, he's been the best receiver in the NFL. I mean, it's not yeah. like AB, but you know, his best receiver in the NFL. It's hard to be wide receiver four, you know, right. and that's, I don't know. I mean, I think he'd be he's not going to cover three, kicks. Four. He's yeah. not going to play special teams, right? And, right? and 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 in his he's, mind, yeah. he's still Julio Jones, but his body is not Julio Jones. Yeah. It's like you know Jerry Jones, right? I mean, you know, not, I, not as I'm old not as saying Jerry I wouldn't Jones, freak out older. if it happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'd be geeked if it happened. Obviously, yeah, it's just hard to imagine him being and, even and close. The to thing too is, is that the NFL it's a fraternity, not just of players, but of front offices, right? I mean. Jason Light is going to do his due diligence. He's going to pick up the phone. He's going to call John Robinson, one of his closest friends who used to work for him. He's going to say, what are your thoughts on Julio? And he's going to say, oh, the guy that we traded two picks for that did absolutely nothing for us but was hurt, the guy we just yeah. cut, that guy? He played 10 games and didn't do anything. I mean, but he missed seven, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, he just – it was nothing. Four and yeah. some yards, like a right. non-factor. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was a bad fit, but with a guy like that, if you're still super talented, if you're Julio – you're making yeah. an impact no matter what. And he just didn't sure. do anything. Yeah. Randy was. Moss did that right up until the end. You know, I mean, Randy wasn't like in his prime, Randy, but even, even out of his prime, Randy was still a damn good player, you know? And, and I think with Julio, it's just a different story. He's had foot problems and that's just not a, a good uh, mix for, for, um, uh, for wide receivers. But uh, speaking of offense though, boy, I, I think this was a move that really caught Matt Matera and I off guard during yesterday's podcast in the four o'clock hour. Trading for Shaq Mason. Jason Light has has done this before. He traded for Logan Mankins, who was on the way out the door in New England. He was an older player, but he mm-hmm. was exactly what the Bucks needed. Matter of fact, his last season in 2015, Logan Mankins was a pro bowler for the Buccaneers. So Jason Light works the trade magic again. He's done it with Logan Mankins. He's done it with Jason Pierre-Paul. He has done it with, let's see, Steve McClendon, with Rob Gronkowski, and now Shaq Mason. So Jason Light rarely trades for players, but when he does, boy, they have some impact. And I think this guy, John, is stepping in a right guard. He's undersized. One of my favorite players coming out of of college. Loved his tape at Georgia Tech. Um, And this guy's an absolute beast in the run game. Shaq Mason, what are your thoughts? Right. I mean, he could like it's not a stretch to say that he's now their best run blocker on this unit. I think that's actually definitely true. Um, he's probably one of the best run blockers in the NFL. He's obviously a very good pass protector as well. I don't see that to diminish his pass uh, protection ability at all. I mean, certainly there are times when he's struggled with specific matchups, like super athletic guys when they get put on the interior or edge rushers when they get put on the interior that make him move laterally a little bit. But unbelievable grip strength, unbelievable power, can absolutely displace people. Pad levels terrific, techniques terrific. Yeah. Basically made himself unreal. a pass protector. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah. he basically made himself a pass protector, Scott. Like in Georgia Tech, went triple option when he was there, and like yeah. he just was a run blocker. Like he never really passed that at all. That's he didn't get invited to the combine. I don't know if yeah. you guys mentioned you know, that yesterday. But yeah, yeah, yeah he didn't. Crazy. Did, like, I know. The thing is, he, he's a weapon. I mean, he is not just yeah. a blocker. He is a legitimate weapon at the second level. Pulling on yeah. screens, yeah. he is an absolute weapon and yeah. uh, just a tremendous pickup for the Buccaneers for a fifth and, round pick. 
and he's cheaper than Alex yeah. Kappa's contract. Like that's one of these that's days. Why, yeah, that's Jason Light's crazy. getting arrested. He is going to get arrested for grand larceny because he fleeced um, the Giants for a third round pick. Right here, you take the third rounder. We'll take be. Jason Pierre-Paul. Pierre-Paul has twelve and a half sacks. Back yeah. in 2018, was a Pro Bowler. In 2020, yeah. helped the Bucks win a Super Bowl. Gronk. I mean, Gronk obviously pats fourth in no round level, pick. but Gronk for a fourth. Yeah. I mean, the dude has done absolute work. There's no – you cannot tell me there's been a better GM over the past five years than Jason Light, and this was another indication of that. Now, the like literally the only concern I have with Shaq Mason, he's been a top five guard. He's been consistent. He's never missed more than three games in a season. He has missed a couple games every, each of the last like four years, I think, something yep. like that. It hasn't been a lot of time. There haven't been significant injuries, so I'm not overly concerned about it. But when Bill trades somebody, you start to wonder, like, is the body you're breaking down a little bit? You know, you yep. traded Gilmore, and Gilmore didn't look like himself in Carolina for sure, and the body obviously was already breaking down him uh, with the injury he had coming into the year. So you wonder it, but there's been no indication of it yet with Shaq Mason, so it's the only thing that you're concerned. He's still young, 28. Right. I mean, he's been again like a seven-year starter since he got in the league. He's been starting and he's gotten better yep. really every single year. Last couple of years, just been elite guard in the NFL. One of the few just consistently rock-solid players in the league. This offensive line, if you consider Shaq and Marquette pretty much on the same tier, which I, I think you do, um, will it be better than last year's group? The cohesiveness, probably not. But let's see who they draft. Like if they were to draft, I talked to a couple of people today after you and I talked, Scott. Mm-hmm. Like what's the chances Zion Johnson might be there? And some draft experts were telling me like they think he could be there 27 still. Like it, it does seem like Kenyon Green, like some teams like him more maybe. So we'll see. It's going to be kind of a long shot. I mean, once you start getting the 10 picks out from the Bucks pick, it's going to be kind of white knuckling it to see if right. a Zion Johnson gets there. But I mean, formal interview with the Bucks. He's personality-wise, schematically, physically, athletically, Absolute he's like technician. Yeah, he's everything that they want. Yeah. He's a natural left guard. Mm-hmm. It's like brainer pick that would make this offensive line unbelievable. I mean, he yes. and Shaq Mason are are just killers. And yeah. So, yeah, it has a chance to be. You know better. what, John? <laughs> you know, right now, if you look at that left guard position, right? Because Shaq Mason is a right guard. That's where he's going to play. If you look at the left guard position, you've got Aaron Stinney, who they brought back, and he's going to be highly motivated, right, to come back and, and on a contract year. He's got a, a he's got a chance to win that starting job and really show out. And the team was appreciative of what he did in some spot duty last year, but also in the Super Bowl run, right, when he filled in for Alex Kappa. Then you've got Nick Leverett, who played against the Colts. He was a player that really stood out to you and I in training camp and to the Buccaneers. He played left tackle. He's a very athletic guy. His natural position is guard. He's got a guard body. But I, I think that they like his versatility. And if they don't end up drafting a Kenyon Green, a, a Zion Johnson, I think they've, they've got enough capable bodies in there to have that training camp battle royale and, and let these guys duke it out. Stinney, Leverett. Uh, they also have Sidarius Hutcherson, who they like, who missed – all of last year with a knee injury separate in the preseason, but he was a, a very dominant run blocker really needs to work on pass protection, but a very good run blocker at South Carolina coming out. You've got John Molchan who's still in the mix, Brandon Walters. I think they've got enough bodies for whatever reason, the guard position, they kind of stockpiled. And, you know, mm-hmm. we talked yesterday about the chances, maybe even of Robert Hainsey, right? Since you've right. re-signed Absolutely. Absolutely. Brian Jensen, you throw him right. in the mix too, because you know, he can play center. Yeah. He's the backup center. So right. I, th- yeah, I, I think, think that there's enough the capable bodies there for one position. Right. You let them all duke it out. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's no, what's great about it is this is how the Bucks always love to set it up. They don't need to draft a guard. They could go the whole draft without taking one or they could take one in the first round. And like, that's the luxury you have when you filled out the roster with so many consistently good signings outside the roster and draft picks. Like you just don't year to year, you don't have that many holes. So it gives you more flexibility in the draft. You don't have to do any one thing. I feel like they have given themselves options, you know, to work in at left guard uh, to, to, to compete there. If, and, and right. you know, Stanny, it's not like Stanny's never played. You know, you've got you've got a good idea who he is as a player. So it's not going to yeah. be a total mystery like it kind of will be with Hainsey. Now, right. Hainsey is more upside probably. And, yeah. you know, they rave about the Jensen raves about him like he loves him. You can tell. Yes. And Jensen's a Leverett guy, too. He already said that he loves Nick Leverett, yep. too. So there's again, these guys keep getting better, Scott. If there is. It's a good situation. But then if you get a stud, it's there. And he's clearly best player on your board. And, you know, right. he can fill right in there. Yeah. heck yeah. Like, take him. Like, big Zion. Johnson. Are you kidding me? Like. This offense, look at this group. Like, put Gronk back in there. We'll see if Lenny resigns. Yeah. But like, then add uh, Zion Johnson left guard. I mean, come on, like that's a group of killers right there. Like, there's just yes, you can't it's a deep that. draft so, for tight end. So you yeah. draft another tight end. You could even pick one on day three, and he could end up being the number two behind Gronk. I think they're going to draft a running back or two if Leonard Fournette comes back, or they go out and they get a free agent running back and they draft another running back to throw in the mix with Keyshawn Vaughn. I, you know these holes they're getting filled and obviously tom brady was was the big hole there right that that was right. the the, the that was the slam dunk matters. right there yeah. that was the absolute slam dunk right speaking of slam dunk john it is bracket season i know you're a big march like madness guy is. john right oh, you're not alone my friend march is here the madness has officially begun it's time to shoot your shot score big on the non-stop action of my bookie folks it's not just about football football season's over for a while but it's March Madness time. And March Madness means you need to go to MyBookie. Predict the winners in each round of the MyBookie Bracket Contest for a chance to win a Bitcoin, a Doodle NFT, which is a non-fungible token, currently valued at over $50,000 and over $100,000 in cash prizes. Whether you're looking to fill out multiple brackets, betting on the national championship winner, or simply looking for those player and in-game prop bets, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today with MyBookie. Use the promo code Pewter to make your first deposit, and they're going to give you a free entry into the My Bracket contest. Your first game is absolutely free when you sign up using the promo code Pewter. Selections for the bracket will officially begin on March 13th. That was a couple days ago, and they end tomorrow, St. Patrick's Day at noon. So do yourself a favor. Get into the action tonight or first thing in the morning to make sure that you get your deposit in using the promo code Pewter to get that free entry into the My Bracket Contest. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. I know we're getting close to time to wrap it up, but I want to get to the last of these Super Chats, and we yes. have to talk about the running back position, I think, before we wrap up. I know a lot of fans have asked, and we need we owe that position some a, a little a brief discussion here. But uh, great Super Chat here. Appreciate this uh, $5 Super Chat. Lack of interior pass rush glaring last season, especially on third down. Need an interior defensive lineman who can pass rush with Vea. One move, Golston, better than Sue. Priority, other ideas. I think Golston, Sue, both back. I just I don't think it's yeah. good. Those situations aren't going to be – there's nothing about them that will be prohibitive to the box, and nothing about them will be prohibitive to the box adding another player to the mix. Again, they're, they're four guys if they bring those guys back. Not a right. concern in terms of being able to add another guy. Here's the options, though, Scott. In the draft, pass rushers. Devontae Wyatt, if he's there, which you and I don't think he's going to be at 27. Right. And he's, he's not even a great pass rusher right now. 
Right. He has all the traits to become one. Yeah. But right now, he's not like a great pass rusher. It's hard to find those guys coming out of college. So yeah. it's just, it's a very top heavy draft. We like Travis Jones and Jordan Davis. How much can they be pass rushers? Mm-hmm. I just don't know. They really didn't do that a ton in college. So we'll see what happens in the draft after those guys. Yeah. It drops off. We'll talk about more about those options. Here's your free agent options, though, Scott. Like, it's just not like a, a very loaded group, in my opinion, of the free agents. I had it pulled up here for a second. Hold on, let me pull it up. But there's not many guys available that are really desirable names, in my opinion, that have something left in the tank. Now, they might be cheap, so that might make it worth it for a lot of them, but there's not not a lot of these guys that I would say, oh, I can count on them to deliver. You know, Eddie Goldman's a run stuffer. Uh, Akeem Hicks, sure, but he's missed time. But the the last three seasons, he's missed time. And three years ago, he barely played. And this past year, he barely played. Right. He's on the wrong side of 30. The body is clearly breaking down. He's never had yep. like the most toned up body or anything like that. It's just breaking down. Like it's just, yep. he's he's near the end. Class Campbell is unbelievably fit. And and he may be an option, to be honest. Like he's obviously his history with Arians and Bulls. Yep. And he's only I, 47 too, John. He's <laughs> still got three more years till he's 50, right? <laughs> he's, he's the oldest defensive lineman. I think yeah. if you consider him an, like, I think he's, he's still playing though. The guy can right? play and he, yeah. he can still play. So maybe he's an option. Limbaugh Joseph runs stuffer and he's cooked. Sheldon Richardson. Yeah. You, what can you count on character? I know Bulls is history with them, but I just character wise, I don't know if you can count on him to show up and be a guy you know, consistently. And that's right. kind of it. I mean, there just aren't a lot of interior pastors. Even if you look at the edge group, most of these guys have signed. Clowney's going to price himself out because he just chases money every year. He's like the mercenary as well. Um, there's just not a lot of options. Like in terms of interior pass rush guys, there's lower end guys like Nassib could be a guy that inside outside maybe. And there's some guys like that. There was one who got re- oh Matt Ionitis is one I'm actually interested in. Washington released him today, and I think Ionitis is a heck of a player. Um, so I'm also very impressed by him, and I think that. During his time at Washington, he just kind of got better until the injuries hit him. And then this past year, he played, and he played well, to be honest. But it's not been a consistent thing for sure, but he is definitely a good player, and he's got his head on straight, and he works his tail off. I would love to see the Bucks add him to the mix if that opportunity presented itself for them. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But there are a couple guys, but again, it's, it's few and far between. You're yeah. waiting it out. You're trying to find somebody that gets released at the right time and can fit into what you're doing. It's hard to find interior pass rushes. It's one of the most sought after commodities in the NFL and not a lot of teams can find it. That's why I was saying, Hey, if you can go on for Zedaria Smith, do it because inside outside pass rushers like that, you can run games with and hunt matchups. It's hard to find, man. So it's just going to be a tough void to fill. And you almost have to hope that somebody steps up and you get a rookie that can step up and, you know, you kind of do got to play it that way a little bit. Yeah. Another super chat uh, from John Stone. We appreciate all the super chats tonight. Is Scott entitled to a compensatory six pack of Celsius if he loses Blaine this offseason? Boy, you think Blaine's coming back, Scott? I do. I do. I do too. I don't know why people are like, yep. well, there's no point in bringing Blaine back. back. Trask's got to be the QB too. If Trask can't beat out Blaine, no offense, yeah. you figured out everything you need to know. Like, you don't that's need, right. You don't need to stick around for Trask in year three. Like, you know, you got to go get a quarterback after Brady. Like, you yeah. got to be able to beat out Blaine Gabber in year two. I you just right. Like, uh, from Ben at dollar ninety nine super chat, we appreciate that too. Bench Brady start Gabbard. Well, you know, listen, I mean, I don't think we're quite ready to do that. If the goat wants to come back, listen, my Blaine uh, Gabbard love knows no bounds, except for the fact that I don't want him to be the starting quarterback if Tom Brady is in the roster. But I do want to see Blaine 
play more because Blaine is undefeated when he enters the game. So I do want to see a little bit more Blaine. I think that's the key to victory for the Buccaneers every Sunday. Yeah, it'd be nice to see more Blaine. Be nice to see treat him out the tune fence to Blaine. I'd like to see Trask get some of those some of those garbage time reps, Scott. That wouldn't hurt. Yep. Well, I, speaking of uh, of Blaine Gabbert, and uh, you know he's he would be a good investment, John, in terms of of making sure that that the the Buccaneers have a reliable backup plan when it comes to the quarterback position. And if you're looking for a reliable backup plan for your finances, right? You want to save some money, maybe for your college uh, funds for your kids, maybe for retirement. There's one place to turn, and that is our friends over at Amuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. John, we got to get to Colorado, man. And listen, the folks at Immunity Financial can help you do that. No, they're not travel agents, but they're going to make sure you have the money to do those fun things like vacation and maybe some other fun things like save some money for retirement and and also help you make sure your kids have what they need for their college savings and, uh, and help pay for college that way. But listen, managing your family's wealth means more to Immunity Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, those retirement accounts I was telling you about, in addition to the college savings accounts and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, do what I did. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. That's right, folks. I've got skin in the game. I have got my financial uh, portfolios with Immuni Financial. Think they're the best in the business. Do what I did. Give them a call at 1 800 868 6864 for a free, no obligation, no risk consultation, or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Scott, before we wrap this thing up, what in the world is happening with the Bucks running back situation? Leonard Fournette has not been signed. Ronald Jones has not been signed, which we don't expect him back with the Bucks. But Giovanni Bernard has not been signed. The Bucks yep. only have Keyshawn Vaughn under contract. The running backs are almost done in free agency. Melvin Gordon's out there, but he yep. cannot, he's not even a passing downs option. I mean, of, of guys who've been actual ball carriers like Sony Michelle, I, I mentioned him in my battle plan. Yep. I, I wouldn't hate that. I know Patterson, but Patterson's like a change of pace back. He's never been a feature guy in his career. Right. And, and and this would be a schematic change for him. You can't, even if you sign him, you couldn't count on that. I mean, there's just nothing. Like Darrell Williams is a third down back. You and I love Jarek McKinnon as yeah. a third down. We've somehow missed him in free agency. You and I are talking, yeah. how do we miss Jarek McKinnon? He's a free agent. <laughs> That's right. I'd like him more than Geo back, to be honest. Yeah, he I gets would too. stuff after the catch way more yeah. than Gio. Like, I just I would I love think that they stuff. waited out. They, you know, because after this week, then you really have what what is called the the, the B tier. You have the A tier guys that get all the money, D-tier, right, buddy? Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it's between B, C, and D, depending on on how much some of these guys are going to get. But the, I think it's just a waiting game, and that's what they did with Fournette last year, if yeah. you remember. They they waited, and he tested the market, and it dried up, and he came back. And I think that's what they're counting on again. And well, clearly, a draft you know, we'll at see. some point, yeah, will, yes. will happen, I'm sure, because they won't sign that many guys probably. But yeah, uh, if they ended up coming out of this with Leonard Fournette and Jarek McKinnon, yeah, which it, the longer Fournette goes without signing when everybody else has signed, Scott, 
like R- James Conner signed, Raheem Mostert just signed with Miami. Right. Chase like, Edmonds signed. Chase Edmonds signed. Like these yeah. other guys have signed. This is like I, the longer he goes without signing, the more likely it is that he goes back to Tampa Bay. That's just that's, and that's right. how this thing works. It yeah. doesn't mean that he will for sure, but he loves Brady. Right. I'm sure Brady's he, Brady's been in his ear. One of the first guys I'm sure yeah. Brady's been calling and talking to. We need a back back. And we're not, it's not going to be Rojo because Brady Brady ain't calling Rojo. I'm sure about right. that. So if though if they came away with those two with Vaughn, this offense, Scott, Gronk comes back, drafts Zion in the first round. Right. I mean, that's there's not going to be better better units in the NFL anywhere on any team. Yep. No, I, I'm with you on that for sure. Uh, we did. I just have no idea. Chat. I have no idea. What's yeah, gonna we did forget a super chat. Christopher Oxentine, if you can, if you could ask that without giving us oh, the, the money, I saw it's, it. It's already passed. He asked uh, Joshua Williams, the corner. Joshua yes. Williams. I, I have not seen him, but he's a bigger corner, either. I think. But we'll yeah. have to watch him, Christopher. I think that's who you asked about. Correct? Yes, it was wrong. Joshua Williams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we so apologize. We'll have to watch. Got to get that up. Yes, I will say he's this. He's on the my Buccaneers, list. They're not looking at any cornerbacks that are shorter than six feet tall. That's that's their their preference. That's their their range. Thick. Thick boys in the yeah, draft. It, yep, exactly. Anyway. So um, I haven't studied him, but I will. Thanks for putting him on my, my radar. Um, He's a corner. Yes. Yeah. Joshua uh, Williams. Is, yeah. Or, or, sorry. I didn't yep. know if you knew that. Yep. But um, I, I do want to say that, that there will be two running backs taken in the next Peter Report mock draft. That's going to be coming out next week, probably Monday or Tuesday. So Buccaneers have actually done that a couple times. They drafted – uh, Raymond Calais in the seventh round, who was supposed to be kind of a kick return guy. That was the same year they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round. So Jason Light's kind of done that before, taking a running back early, taking a running back a little bit later. Uh, Todd Bowles was at the uh, the pro day today, along with Mike Beal, the Bucks director of college scouting at Georgia. James Cook is a player that's on the radar. That might be kind of a day three running back pick. Yeah, it's, it's actually Dalvin Cook's younger brother. So right, he was and remember they met with interviewed. Right, with interviewed and yes, right, and that was just about every back that was there. To be honest with you, like yeah. they talked to pretty much all of them. So they're going to draft one. Yeah. They might draft two. They yeah. really might, depending on how things play out in free agency. Um, I don't think they're overly concerned about that position compared to other ones. You know, it's the least important position on offense for them right. in their mind, I believe. Yep. But there's no doubt that it still matters because of the passing game. I think it matters. Yep. Because of that, so. There still are some good third down backs available, but plenty of good options there. So I'm not necessarily worried about that yet. Uh, because right. like I said, McKinnon's out there. Darrell Williams is out there. Uh, those guys are all good. Geo, all suitable options for that. Where, what they need is who's going to get, because like it or not, they're going to give the guy touches. So it yeah. would help if it were an effective player. And so I, at this <laughs> point, I good. would like Leonard. It's always good to, to hand back. the ball off to an effective running back. Right. Yes, I totally yeah, agree. Yeah, like I would like it to not be a total dud. Like somebody who's going to yeah. fumble or kill the offense. You know, yes. at all times, Leonard is a very average ball carrier, but his progress in in, in pass protection and receiving were, were really encouraging last year. And yep. the reality is just that this is not a great running back class, and he is clearly the best dude available in free agency. And they're not going to trade for a running back. So, That's given right. the fact that it won't keep them from re-signing anyone else because they've already re-signed all the most important guys, or they're going to, um, I, I honestly have no. Like, I don't want them to give Leonard Fournette the bag, but I don't think they will at this point. Like, I, I agree. I don't know. His market is weird. I thought he would go quickly this year, to be honest, because of yeah. that, he was just good last year, and he's already yeah. got the pedigree. So it's weird to me that that hasn't happened. Max Borgie from Washington State is the next Danny Woodhead, Rex Burkett for Brady. Ah, that's a name that oh, may appear in that mock draft week. 
We'll leave it there, yeah. Scott, yeah. because this Let's has been it. an extra long episode, but I'm glad that we did it. Uh, we aren't sure if we're going to have a show yet. It really kind of dep- tomorrow kind of depends on what happens. If there's yeah. some breaking news or emergency stuff, we might jump on for a show if there's right. something significant. But we've done four shows this week. We've talked a ton. We're going to kind of keep it open the rest of the week. So yeah. make sure you're subscribed to Peter Report TV and hit the bell so you get the notifications when we go live as well. Because if there is something that happens, we will get right. on and react to it probably at some point. During the weekend, we're also going to try to avoid March Madness. March Madness. Yeah, sorry. And it's March also Madness. St. Patrick's Day. So. I've got family coming in. Scott's yeah. going to have me on some vacation. We're still going to be around writing and producing and on Twitter and all that stuff. But we, we're, we're going to see what happens with the Bucks, and then we'll, we'll react accordingly if we need to do another emergency pod this week. So we do appreciate it. It's been an unbelievable week of shows. Y'all have been unbelievable. The channel Thank is growing. You. Subscribe. Share the channel. Let the people know about Peter Report. Let's help us get to 8,000 subscribers by the draft. That would be We'd be ecstatic about that. So hit that like button boost the YouTube algorithm. Appreciate y'all jumping in. The super chats are awesome. Y'all are great. Always are. We Love appreciate you, you tuning Thank in you. and uh, jumping in for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out. Happy St. Patrick's Day.